Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In podcast. This is your weekly go-to racing podcast where we dissect all the big performances from the last seven days. We cover all the news stories too. There's no stone left unturned on this show. As always, I am joined by Kevin Blake, Brendan Duke and Tony Calvin. And as you can imagine, post-Royal Ascot, I'm hardly over it. And we're going to have so much to discuss on this week's episode. But before we do, bit of an announcement. It is Racing Staff Week that is sponsored by Betfair. And this is Racing Welfare's put together Racing Staff Week to celebrate people who work within our horse racing industry in any different area. They've put on community events that are taking place at training centres in Midlam and Moulton, Lambourne, Epsom and Newmarket. And the racing welfare staff will be at all the race courses this week where racing is taking place, trying to raise awareness and support uh, those people who work in horse racing. But as I say, Racing Staff Week is sponsored by Betfair and we are getting behind the Say Thank You competition, which is where you have a chance of winning a £500 gift voucher. It's actually split between two of you. Essentially, if you want to nominate somebody in the horse racing industry that you would like to say thank you for their contribution to our sport, then you could be in with a chance of winning this £500. It's split between the person who nominates and the person who is being nominated. And all you've got to do is send a 30-second video in. Uh, if you go on the Racing Welfare website, you will see all the details for this. And anyone can enter. If you work in horse racing, you can enter. All you've got to do is upload a 30-second video they must be uploaded to the Racing Staff Week website by 12 noon on Friday, the 30th of June. And as I say, you could be in with a chance of winning a £500 voucher to spend at a variety of shops. It's split 50-50 between the nominator and the nominee. So it's your opportunity to say thank you. And the competition is going to be judged by us here on the panel. So we will be picking the winner. Get involved. Racingstaffweek.com. It's your Can I nominate myself? Well, I did wonder that, but it's your chance to say thank you. Who would you nominate, TC? Uh, you were saying thank you to somebody in the horse racing industry. I can't, I can't prejudice the process. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Can't prejudice the process. But get involved, everyone, from any different sector. We want to hear your thank yous and come in with a chance of winning £500. Kevin Blake, you are back home post-Royal Ascot. Quick check-in with you. How are you? Yeah, a bit better this morning than yeah. Yesterday was a bit yeah, but um, but we're getting there now. It was a, it was a long old week as you know yourself, but uh, it was great for I I love Royal Ascot. It's class. Yeah, um, long week was, now, but enjoyed every minute. Yes, there was a complete and utter write off for me, and that was Sunday. No getting away from that. Uh, Brendan, not a bit of it for you. You're on your holidays again. Oh yes, indeed. I'm coming at you like Cleopatra in San Sebastian in the Spanish Basque country. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Um, yeah, this this happened after Cheltenham as well, wasn't I in Stockholm after Cheltenham? It seems like I like to wind down after a racing festival. So it's because it's thirsty work watching them on the telly. I can tell you, Vanessa. But yeah, fabulous week in Royal Ascot, best week of the year, and uh, lived lived up to it again. Fabulous week indeed, and we're going to be getting stuck in to some of the big performances on the track and what that means for future races this summer, as we always do. But obviously, TC, a big factor throughout the week was the whole Frankie factor saying, I know you love, did that on purpose. Um, 
he started off tricky Tuesday, got rocking rolling by midweek, finished a little bit mad on the final day. But obviously it was the big goodbye from Royal Ascot to Frankie the Tory. But it's not all positive news. Um, we know that he's got nine days for the interference aboard Saga in the early stages of the Wolferton Stakes, the mess at the start there. That now takes him out of the eclipse, which is obviously going to be an issue if he was going to ride Emily up, John. They are talking about appealing that nine-day ban, but that might not be the last of the bans for Detoria. Is that right? Yeah, obviously um, he got nine days for Saga. I mean, Jason Weaver was advocating the uh, the case for actually an appeal there. Uh, I don't think that's a runner. I think uh, Johnny Murtagh and, and Ruby will put, put him straight on that. So I think he's going to get nine days of that, which will rule him out of, um, is it Emily up, John, uh, in the yeah. Sandown race? Mm. But apparently there's a brewing story um, uh, that, that a lot, it was kind of like starting with a lot of the jockeys, apparently at Newmarket on Friday night. And uh, one's gone public, and and actually he's literally just direct messaged me with a follow up. So so basically, it transpired that um, Frankie Dottori may have hit in spiral seven times in finishing second in the Queen Anne. Uh, the jockey, uh, the BHA stewards report had him in, uh, but they didn't actually specify what they had him in for because he had nothing to do with the interference. But it, it's it, it sounds like. Uh, the rumour is they had the stewards had him in on Saturday, uh, discussed the Inspiral ride, went through it, and it sounds like on Tuesday when we get the um, when we get the kind of like um, the BAG updates on on whip bands etc. It sounds like there's a fair chance that Frankie Dottori may be in there now. If he gets eight days for hitting Inspiral seven times because you get four day ban for going one over double in Group One races then that will actually be tacked on to the nine days, which which apparently may mean he'll miss not only the Eclipse, but the July Cup meeting. Uh, and I'm not sure of the dates, but I did check with somebody yesterday and he said that is a possibility. Now, the reason why the jockeys were up in arms about this, they, they, they were saying it was double standards because they were saying Frankie wasn't taken to task on the Tuesday for PR purposes, because obviously it'd be a very bad look for the sport if Frankie was going to get an eight-day ban for going one over. What prompted this is when the when the when the on on Friday, when all the kind of like the, the weekly BHA report came out, Velasquez was in there for a whip transgression on the Wednesday, getting four days for it hitting the Queen Mary winner in the incorrect spot. So that's what prompted all the jockeys to to get jiggy with all this. So uh, basically they were saying Frankie was um, was kind of like singled out, you know, to make the sport look a bit better or not. But sorry, did he did he hit the horse seven times? I looked at it and I can't tell, but I've asked three people now, including somebody, I would say, whose job it is to look at these things and says it is very, very likely he hit that horse seven times. I asked you guys, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. It's really hard to tell because... It's so irrelevant, some of these, some of these love taps and stuff. But it does sound, it does look like uh, and sound like he's, he's hit it seven times. If that's the case, he will be the big story on Tuesday if that's if that eight day ban is kind of like uh, followed through. But the, the the main bone of contention was Velasquez Wednesday whip ban out there. Frankie a day before eight days. And they they would have had enough time to just talk that through with him. So anyway, okay. it might be a, a big breaking story on the Tuesday, but we shall see. 
We shall see to be continued. Clearly, uh, that news will come out on Tuesday if it is going to come out or obviously not if they don't think that she he hit her. Uh, seven times. Uh, let's talk about some of the racing on the track then. Obviously, it was a brilliant week, some shock results, some shock horses in the places as well. In many ways, not how we thought this week was going to play out, but some brilliant stories all the same, Brendan. And we will start with you. Instead of obviously, look, guys, we could be here for two hours discussing all the good racing at Royal Ascot. So the boys have picked out a couple of highlights. Um, some pretty obvious horses. And Brendan, I'm going to come to you first with your list because you put Shaquille in your list. And for me, that was one of the stories of the week, winning the Commonwealth Cup, taking down Little Big Bear, small operation, beating a huge operation in the Coolmore team. And uh, he's now two to one from eight to one for the July Cup. And what a story that was for the Camacho guys. Yes. And I, I mean, as you say, we, 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 we could spend all week talking about the week. I mean, you could, you could say performance of the week was Courage, Monami, Mostadaf. I, I, I could go on. But for me, Vanessa, the MVP was Shaquille. I mean, just, just a sensational performance. I, I, I watched it back and I still can't believe it. Now, the, the horse is very interesting. Like, clearly, he's a temperamental sort. You read in, in the comment sections from his, his runs, mounted in shoot, taken down early, loaded yeah. late, miss miss break like they, they, they've done very well to keep a lid on him I know he's had a relatively short career I mean he's, I mean, he's such an exciting now he's basically unbeaten except for, for, for if you throw out that Aiken blowout the, 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 the horse is unbeaten but I mean this run uh, uh, the, the comments on this I mean this run is just basically taking the piss so he, he, he rears at the start in a sprint race he's he's, he's blown the race uh, Murphy's got uh, uh, lets him go and sees, sees what can happen, doesn't panic, there's no point in panicking, it's all over. And then at about the three furlong point, he's actually caught up with the peloton, and the horse takes off in his hands, he wants to go again. <laughs> so obviously, uh, after he got over the shock of this, I'd say Murphy did the right thing, took a pull, lo and behold, he goes and runs down the big dog in the division, or should I say the big bear in the division, and wins snugly at the line. The second and third were first and second throughout the race. There's no suggestion of a pace collapse. I mean, this was just an otherworldly performance. The, 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 the only thing I, I, I could possibly compare it to, to is that horse of uh, David Evans uh, in, in the sprint on Irish champion stakes. Um, his, his name escapes you, but he, he blew the break very well. But he only finished fourth. It was still an incredible performance. Uh, but now you, you have, from an anti-post perspective, you have Shaquille going on to the July Cup and he's, he's two to one. So it, it is a short price. And people are saying, well, with a horse that has these temperament issues and you don't know whether he's going to blow the start or not. Now, he didn't blow the start in Newbury, so he could he could get out of the, the stalls fine. But again, he has these temperament issues. He's two to one. But to my eye, he's clearly the most talented horse in the race. So you have to factor in clearly the most talented horse in the race, could blow the start, could every moment with him in the preliminaries is a, you're sweating blood if you've taken that that two to one. But it's it's just it's very interesting. It's what's fascinating about this this game, what goes into making a horse the price he is. And there's yeah. so much going on. That, this horse but uh just out, outside of betting he's just such a dramatic horse uh, to, to, to watch and i look forward to and hopefully they can keep a lid on him and uh, he'll, he'll have a long and productive career absolutely i mean 
he's like you say you summed it up there an exciting horse to watch before and during the race but clearly with a massive engine and then the story with the Camacho team getting the best out of him you know who knows what he would have done in a bigger yard but he could easily with his temperament have got sort of lost in the bigger yard whereas the Camacho team uh, have got him to this point and it was one of the stories of the week for me but Kevin he's obviously a significant market mover in the anti-post July Cup market at Newmarket but as is Brad Sell who's now 7-1 to one for the July Cup having been 25s obviously supplemented for the King Stand wins at the meeting again talented but fragile and what a start for the week for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson it's rolled on yeah sure and it only got better for them, but like this, this was some effort in fairness. Um, like big call to supplement and come down and take on the olders over um over the minimum, you know, given that he'd never tackled that trip before, given that the Commonwealth Cup was the obvious target, you know, it took real um it, it took real testicular fortitude, as a great man once said, <laughs> to uh to, to make that decision. Um and it and it worked out. You know, goes and beats Highfield Princess and, and looks a proper five furlong horse um to go forward with. Um, like he looked really good in the Coventry. Like he was a, he was always a funny old story, like he was a relatively cheap purchase of the breeze ups. Um it's well it's well publicized now. There was some sort of a, a, a vetting issue there that was terrifying everyone, but um connections took the chance and they've got the racehorse. You know what that and, was? Um, was it just x-rays or something? I, I can't remember. There was there was something that that was um, you know I think his breeze was excellent, but there was something there that that was terrifying people. Um, but connections took a chance. Blanford signed for him, and um, away he's gone. Um, you know he's he's been brilliant in fairness. Um, long way behind little big bear the time before. Um, you know mitigation there, but his connections clearly felt right. Now's the time, um, to go five and should look what what a result. Um, Archie Watson had had a massive week, as did Holly, and this was the the perfect way to start it off for them. Absolutely, um, starting with a bang for sure. I mean, if you'd given that that team three Royal Ascot winners coming into the week, I think they would have ripped off your right arm for that. Uh, if you give yeah. anyone three Royal Ascot winners yeah, at the yeah. start of the week, with maybe yeah. one exception, they'd rip your arm off. <laughs> I, yeah, I, that is true. That is. I true. had a look at all the trainers that drew a blank, and I stopped after I stopped three letters into the alphabet. I mean. Appleby, Baldy, yeah. Burke, Bowie, all all blanks. You know they went in there with a load of just getting one winner. At Ascot is 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 phenomenal, and uh, yeah, for, for them to get three off the scale. Well, that's yeah, just just, just in general, just in general, Vanessa, just on a general yeah. point. I know we've we've a heap to get through here, but I, I found it quite um, remarkable afterwards. You know, because inevitably you get it after Royal Ascot, you get plenty of people say, "Well, it's not Cheltenham, is it?" And it, and it isn't. It's different, but. Like I think people fail to kind of compute just how different in terms of competitiveness this is. Like it's it's thirty five races. I think there was three odds on favourites all week. You know the average field size is just off the chart. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think yeah. there was tw- I think there was twenty five individual trainers. Like this this isn't Cheltenham, and I'm glad it isn't because it, it's just it's it's very very different. If you want to back winners, Cheltenham's a much better place to go and do it clearly. Because the races are, are much much less competitive, you know. But this this is in terms of like the the level of achievement and having one winner at this meeting is just for me just on a different level. Um, yeah. And it, no no one's pretending it's easy. Everyone should be going in with their eyes open. But um, it isn't Cheltenham. It's very different. But it's 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 different in in a, in a very wonderful way for me. 
Absolutely. Well said. Uh, TC, let's pick apart some of your performances of the week. We will start with Mostadath and the Prince of Wales's. Uh, he's now 8-1 to one from 33s for the Eclipse off the back of that win in the Prince of Wales's, being the likes of Luxembourg, Bay Bridge, My Prospero, etc. We've really hyped the race up. Uh, it was a shock to many, but not to racing only better listeners, because this was one of your, I don't mean to blow smoke up your asshole, but this was one of your big, big price winners of the bit, week. Bit heavy, eight o'clock on a Monday morning. <laughs> bit much, bit much. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but seriously, this congratulations on what was a very impressive week from you. And Mostadaf got the job done and in fine style. What do we take from this performance? Uh, well, first off, don't back him for the Eclipse because John Gosden's adamant this horse is is bypassing that and going straight to the Judmont. Okay. Um, and the reason being is because John listens to this podcast and loves our form figures. Now, Osterdaff, one, 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 six ones, all after breaks of two months or more. So oh. he's right in, in the fact that they, he, he's going to bypass them and go there fresh because this horse is just a bit of a monster when it when he gets when he goes in there kind of like you know off arrest. I mean, we saw it in the September stakes uh, when he blew away uh, Dubai Honor. Uh, we saw it in Riyadh when he beat 114 rated horses uh, horse by seven lengths. And what do we make of that run on uh, last week? Now, obviously, he beat all the right horses there. He beat Luxembourg by four lengths. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have to improve much to win the race, but. If you rate it purely through Luxembourg, who, who ran to form with Adair, I mean, the other two didn't really really give her their best. I mean, you're probably looking at easily the best performance of the week and nudging 130, if, if you take it from a literal sense. And when you look at his profile, and like I said, when he is fresh, he's clearly a bit of a monster, isn't he? And you can rate his previous wins higher than, uh, than they are. So, yeah, I mean... Stunning win, wasn't it? He was always winning coming around the bend, pull clear. You know, it's, I thought it was easily the performance of the week. And I'd be interested to see what the official handicapper does. If he, he probably won't go as far as 130, but he could. So fast and ground, the back, the back. off a break, win, 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 basically. Yeah. Yeah. What were we going to say, Brandon? I- Jump in. Well, I was just going to say for Tony, it was very pleasing for him beforehand when the market paid zero attention to the paddock bluffers, the horse walking around on yes. five legs and just continues <laughs> to shorten. <laughs> there there yeah. was some late opposition, I thought, because I settled at Betfair SP and I was going, no, he's like sorting into tens. And there was a late drift out to a Betfair SP of 17, 16 to 1 against uh, an industry SP of 10s, which was a common aff- common occurrence of the week. Obviously, you saw the most strikingly with Valiant Force winning about 10,000 to one. But yeah, um, no, I, I thought it was a stunning performance. And if you go back and rewrite his previous form, you yeah. could, could have been rated higher going into the race. Cool. Right. On in the, in the eclipse market also, but obviously, as TC's just said, we can maybe write a line through that for Mostard up. But Paddington is also a market mover in that anti-post market. It's now four to one from tens, having won the St. James's Palace on day one, beating Chaldine, obviously branded in the process. Um, it was Guineas form to the fore, but it was the Irish Guineas beating the English. Um, are we underestimating this horse because of his relatively unexciting start to proceedings? Is that fair? Well, I'm not. I love the Madrid handicap into the Irish Guineas angle. Uh, so he's prepared. Pre- perpetuating a rich tradition uh, I suppose the interesting thing is 
that he's now already had four starts. So Aiden's going to be looking. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get inside the mind of Aiden. But first of all, massive props to the horse. That was a huge performance. I still think Child Dean's a right horse and he treated him with contempt. Now, Aiden's going to be looking at this going, right? He's already had four starts. He's getting better with every run. He's now gone and won the St. James's Palace. Am I, am I, have I got Giants Causeway in the back of my mind here? Could I go Eclipse? Could I go then onto the Sussex, onto the Judmont, onto the Irish Champion Stake? I mean, he, 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 Aiden loves running his horses as it is. This horse has given him every encouragement that he's thriving on racing. Now, obviously, I just pitch up here every week and talk about the Irish Champion Stakes. I mean, they've probably got <laughs> Auguste Rodin pen, penciled in for that. But there's a lot of water under the bridge to flow between this and then. And if the Rouge sends eight impact, and if Johnny G sends, well, Mostadaf, although not if the two month is a thing, but if he sends Emily up, John, Aiden might feel under siege on his home turf and say, we will defend the Irish champion stakes at all costs. And put both <laughs> horses into it. I mean, it's not a bit, it's not a million. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. But anyway, back to Aiden. And in, in his mind, he's thinking, is this. Have I found the new Giants Causeway? I think he's going to try it. I think he's going to go Eclipse or Six Stakes and see what happens. And the interesting thing for the Eclipse is people talk about this horse's, uh, horse's high head carriage, and there's no doubt he does have a high head carriage. But what's he going to do? The damn style is manger. He didn't lick it off a stone. But that could be hugely <laughs> that could be hugely significant with him stepping up in trip. Because he's got that Monjo stamina on that side. He could be a better horse at 10 furlongs. In fact, I suspect he will be a better horse at 10 furlongs, driving on his racing. And Aiden can just sort of play horse racing computer games the way he did with Giants Causeway. Very exciting. Love it. Look at the way he's given that the big hype. If that doesn't yeah. whet your appetite for the coming weeks and I think, months, not much. I thought else Brendan was talking on five legs there. He was getting very excited, wasn't he? <laughs> well, rightly so. The way he's pitched that, it really does just set the scene beautifully for the Eclipse, for the Sussex Stakes. And I should just say that Paddington is two to one for the Sussex Stakes from tens. And as I said, four to one for the Eclipse. The other big market mover in the Sussex Stakes was one of your picks. Obviously, Paddington was one of Brendan's highlights of the week, as you can tell. But we'll roll back to TC, who's put in triple time. Another racing only better winner for TC at a big price in the Queen Anne. And triple time is now four to one for a massive price of 33s for the Sussex Stakes. Um, I mean, start really set the tone for the whole of Royal Ascot with a big price winner in this race. It was shock winners galore. And a pretty incredible training performance, TC, from one of your favourites, Kevin Ryan. I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying George Burry is very good. Um, <laughs> this was a brilliant train performance from Kevin, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it was. It was in all seriousness. Top I mean, the re- one of the reasons why I was quite keen on the anti-post, I didn't press up on the day, unfortunately, is because there was a lot of money for this horse in the lock inch in the morning. Uh, and if you are, if you have got access to the information or you can remember it, I mean, Often when horses are punted and come out, that can be an indicator. Sometimes it's an indicator of a rule four jiggery pokery, but obviously not in the lock engine. Obviously, he went, he went, the horse went to Newbury, was very fancied. And when he got there, it sounds like Kevin Ryan saw the horse in the stables and you know, they were so worried they took him to the local vet to get him checked out. So for him to get him back for that, to post wow. that kind of performance when running far too keen, far too fresh, and still having enough left in the locker to see off in Spiral, who was the form horse on our best on our best uh, performances, especially obviously with the sex allowance, with two and a half lengths back to a, a Group One horse in light infantry in third was was a stunning performance from the horse and an even better training performance from Kevin Ryan. So credit where it's due. 
with a horse that's that lightly lightly raced and, and you know he raced with a choke out all the way like you said did far too much and still had he still had you know left in the locker to, to beat a, a proper group one horse in a day yeah uh probably my second best performance of the week for me uh if not in terms of ratings but in, in definitely it's like coming over overcoming adversary but yeah triple time great performance triple time special mention from tc um kev blake uh, we've obviously spoken about Frank Sartori at the top of the show in terms of some negative uh, subjects around him. But of course, he did have a brilliant week and he set the whole thing on fire, winning the Gold Cup on Courage Mon Ami. Uh, big race of the week, his favourite race, Gosden, Dettori, final Royal Ascot. You were there, I think you were broadcasting on Gold Cup Day. Um, and not only a performance from a hook the horse in what we knew was a wide open Gold Cup this year, but just in terms of the atmosphere, like I was there on track, it is worth touching upon the fact, I know TC hates it, but the Frankie factor is a real live thing. And when you're there, the whole place just erupted, right? Yeah, it does. It does give it a lift. It does give it a lift, like like a like a, a quantifiable, tangible lift, you know, it really does. And uh, like Frankie had had a fairly miserable start to the week, Um you know, just to touch on it there, as, as Tony's just dealt with it, like in Spiral was the best horse in the, in the Queen Anne. Um, and there wasn't as much the ride as circumstances, but um, like she missed the kick. She was badly positioned. He had to break cover early. Um, you know, made it made a right go of going and win and, and just got nipped. Like I thought she was the best filly there myself. Um, but there you go. I think um, most in people co- had that. A couple more yeah. strikes and he would have got a home. <laughs> <laughs> but look yeah, he gave days, take the win yeah yeah he gave um he gave courage man to me some right in fairness um like very much unexposed you'll never run in a stakes race never mind one one um or just three runs going into a goal cup like there wouldn't have been many of those over the years and um rode him with loads of confidence rode him with loads of patience you know, went in rather than out in the straight. I like just rode him with, with testicular fortitude. Uh, bingo card number two for that one, Vanessa. Um, really <laughs> big ride. Well like, that as the name of the programme. <laughs> I'm, I'm, da- I'm, da- I'm, I'm daring Barry to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, I love Coltrane, who's a, who's a fabulous horse, like had, had a lovely run around, did everything right. Um, yeah. No reason. I think he didn't run up to his very best. And Courage Mon Ami got him and got him well enough in the end, having come from a fair way back. So how long can this horse reign is is the next question. And I suppose the getting him in against Kiprios, who we hopefully will see again, um, will be one of the more exciting clashes we've seen in this division yeah. for, for a little while. Absolutely. Um, You've touched upon it there as well with Coltrane running so well. I, I'm with you. I think he ran right up to his very best, just beaten by a better horse in the race on the day and a complete unknown. But what a frustrating week for Angie Balding, you know, linking back to those trainers that didn't hit the mark. Caldine running so well as well. But just, it, it's tough out there at Royal Ascot. Um, yeah, she's hit a lot of runners you. as well. Oh my yeah. God, he, he, had a, he had a lot of runners. I know Oshin was having a tough week as well until it turned. Um, yeah. But I'm just tapping them up here. Like he would have had 30 odd runners or so. I think I had up 28, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, Kev, I'll stick with you for a quick mention of another excellent training performance. Uh, we can't miss out Pile Driver. I'm just giving him to you as one of the moments of the week. Uh, eight, he's now eight to one from 12s for the King George. 
for the Muir Grassic team. I, I love this. I watched this back last night on ITV Racing and the coverage they gave it and before and after around pile driver and then obviously the way in which he went through the race pulling way too hard wandering around in the closing stages as he tends to do um there's so much to like about pile driver but he doesn't do it all right on the day yet he has this massive ability and then the yard behind him another one for the smaller operations kev and i, I love to see it i'm here for it yeah, look, this horse has been a great story all along, you know, by a complete, um, what at the time was a complete flop of a sire, um, you know, <laughs> failed to fail the sell of the sales, you know, was doing something like completely, incon- you know, his his sire only ran in sprints of two, you know, and he's, throw- he's ended up throwing these stairs. Uh, middle distance horses and and he's been a brilliant horse all along like god you remember this the heartbreak of the the saint ledger defeat when he when he veered across the track and um like he's had injury setbacks and the various different things have gone wrong then amongst all the wrong there's been so much right like he's won so many good yeah. races um you know if you want a king george you know people it's easy to forget because he wouldn't be considered a um, a fashionable or a sexy winner of a King George, but now he's come to Ascot and won a Hardwick, um, which I suppose um, typical, you know, <laughs> in typically charismatic style, you know, doing things wrong. Like you say, he's always been one for over racing. He's always been one that can go for a little wonder when he hits the front. Um, you know, the, the bit of interference lay on was unfortunate, um, probably, probably avoidable. And I'd say definitely unnecessary for me. He was getting on top. Um, regardless, um, uh, PJ got a few days for his trouble there. The result was left alone. Um, and look, he, he's he's a factor. He's a factor. You know, there's there's always going to be the younger, sexier one coming through now. But if they have pile driver in their way now, they'll always have a race on because when um, yeah. when when he's in when he's in proper order now, he's there's there's not loads better than him around this trip. In fairness to him, no, brilliant horse. Uh, brilliant performance and judging on what they were saying before and after still so much more to come from him in terms of a tightening up and for the future so if they can just keep all the wheels on uh it's so exciting for that team um others to crack on with before yeah i mean we've actually still got loads to get through tc back to you for your last highlight of the week well we made you pick three but your last that you put forward was docklands in the britannia Explain Oof. yourself. I was surprised to see this horse make the list. So go uh, make your case, it please. Only, it was only mainly well, horses, obviously, got great potential, which we'll come on to. But it was the highlight, you know, to, to back up what Kev said earlier about how difficult it is to have a winner at Royal Ascot. Now, any number of horses won their, won their, won their side by daylight and didn't win the race. So that's how hard it is. You know, there were rail biases all day. I mean, they were strung out like washing in some, in, in some of the races. Actually, some uh, strung out like washing. That's that's not true, is it? I mean, if you hang out your washing, you hang it side by side. So when 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 you say horses were strung out like washing, you don't mean that because it's the opposite. Isn't yeah, it? Unless you're I a very long, a long washing line. line. I think that it's a long line. <laughs> no, but it's a no. But you don't say that, do you? I mean, you, actually, people are meaning strung out like washing. It means they're actually massive distances between every single horse. So. That's another one of these phrases that doesn't stack up to scrutiny. Anyway, the reason being, Docklands won only won the race by half a length, but he won he won his side by six lengths. Yeah, he went off. He went in there and massively progressed his off was marking ninety four. Be interesting to see what the what the handicapper does. I mean, 
there's an argument for sticking that horse up a stone. Uh, yeah. And one thing you, what you will do, so you feel sorry for big Todgeverian on the far side with New Endeavour, but he did have a couple of winners, to be fair to the boy. So that's, that's <laughs> another one. Todgeverian. Oh, sorry. Where did that come from? Well, it's probably you. You said it before, haven't you? The old, you getting the old Roger things wrong, haven't you? Um, not, with, not with Roger. Oh, well, yeah. Todger, 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 now, I just think of Todgeverian because of what you said before and that in uh, that conversation. <laughs> but we won't go into that. Um, no, the reason being is the Britannia in Kevin, the Britannia is one of these races where Hong Kong, uh, Australia always come and America always come a calling from that kind of like three year old handicap. And I'm just worried that we won't see Docklings again because you might know better than I do. But I had a look into it. OTI Racing are they uh, Aussie based? Aussie based, yeah. Yeah, yeah the oh, they, they, they'll keep them. Jeez, I'd be surprised if they didn't. One of the one um, of the half brothers of this horse actually went to racing Australia as well. Uh, so I'm just, you know, the, I'm just basing it on the fact that Britannia is, they do come and like to cherry pick their horses. Some some years they come and pick up the first six. Um, yeah. And so hopefully you will do, because I think I think we're looking at 105, well, no, 94. I, I suspect we might be looking at 108 rated horse. And that opens up group company. And God, the way he traveled through that race and just got up on the line, uh, you know, beating New Endeavour on the far side. I just think he screamed of a, Maybe a group two horse in waiting, uh, but yeah, doctors. Yeah, tell you, tell you the way the way things are gone. The Australians already have the first two. You know, they, they they've they've had Docklands from the get go, and the, the second new endeavour was bought by Australians and at the the Goffs London sale on the Monday. Oh, so yeah, they're they're, buy, they're buying them before the race even now. <laughs> They'll yeah. probably sweep in and clean out a few of them afterwards as well. But I'd I'd echo that. Like this would be the ultimate example of Royal Ascot handicap. Like clearly has a stone plus in hand and nearly gets beat, you know, yeah. despite the race going like pretty smoothly for him um, through, you know, a combination of circumstances. He's almost got beat. And geez, the way he powered up the final furlong now, that, that was a sight. Like this horse, I, I'd say has more than a stone in hand. Like that, this this was like a ninety horse one in the not sixty five. That's our style. Like just you're looking and you're saying, "Geez, you are completely out of your class here." Except this was the Britannia, which is supposed to be one of the most competitive handicaps all year. The proverbial group horse in a handicap, and as Kev said, it's so competitive you almost got chinned um, due to circumstances. Uh, Brendan, let's talk about two year olds, please. Mm. And one that made your list was Porta Fortuna. Now 10 to 1 from 25 to the 1,000 guineas next season. Um, obviously for Dunica O'Brien, I was delighted for him. And for American owners too, who I know had made a huge effort to come over for the week. They do Royal Ascot uh, really, really well all week. This would have been massive for that ownership group. She's now three from three and she's the ultimate professional, right? Yes, very much so. It, it, it's interesting you say that. I, I, I think because she did have an experience edge, edge over Matrica. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't at the Irish 1000 Guineas due to circumstances beyond my control. So I didn't see Matrica. But um, in both her starts, she, she's looked a big unit and she's a no nay never big scopey filly. The uh, Port Fortuna, very much a professional. And uh, Matrica was still inclined to prick her ears. I wouldn't be surprised if she can turn around that form later in the season. And Vanessa 
what do we like? What do we like in horse racing? We love a developing narrative. And this narrative is going to develop because Dunica is the son of Aiden. Aiden loves, loves the debutante into the boy glare. So I would say that's the way Matrica will go. I would say that's the way Diamonds and Rubies will go. And I'd say Dunica will go, oh, well, if this is the way Dad rolls, I'll take them on with the with, with the Porta Fortuna, who is the, the standard setter. Also, shout out to Gavin Cromwell, Snellen. Like you might say to me, oh, Gavin Cromwell has a savage strike rate at the Cheltenham Festival. Indeed he does. But what is he, two from two at Royal Ascot? He's, he's, he's had two runners in the place and they both won. And interestingly, just as a quick aside, I was talking to a man in Leopardstown and I said, has Gavin many two-year-olds? He said, yeah, he's about 20. And he sent a scatter of them to that nice uh, barrier trial day that Kevin was at on, on uh, apology barrier trial on, on our, our behalf and a number of them showed up well so uh, another developing narrative maybe Gavin Cromwell two-year-old straight the season. Gra- Gavin Cromwell two-year-old to the four for sure I was going to put Snellen on your list Kevin because of course you gave her such a shout on Racing Only Better because of that good barrier trial because of the fact that there was so much room for improvement on that debut run as well and then she goes and wins the Chesham and you gave us some great insight, one for the Racing Only Better listeners. I'm sure lots of people backed her off the back of that insight. So thank you, KB. Do you want to add anything else about Snellen before we move on? Um, I would say fair play to Gavin. Like two runners are Royal Alaska, two winners. Asher, it's easy, isn't it? <laughs> you just pick which one you want to win, they go and win. Um, and like the, the, this filly was good in fairness. She, she did her party trick again. Um, not as badly as she had at Limerick now, but she did edge off a true line late, went left. Um, it was in danger of throwing it away. Um, messy old Chesham now. Messy old Chesham. Um, pace was steady. Finished in a heap. Um, she was in the right position. But given the debut at Limerick had only come ten days earlier, and you know the barrier trial wasn't long before that. Like she, she's done an awful lot in a short space of time. Um, but she, she's plenty talented now. Um, she qualified for the Chesham through Mammy, who won over a mile and a half, and it's like it's from a very illustrious German family so like she should continue to drive on she'll certainly get the miles she might get 10 furlongs in due course but um, while this isn't the piece of form that we can that's likely to stand up to heavy scrutiny as the season goes given how messy it was um, she did her job she did it well and yeah onwards she go uh, well done to Gavin Cromwell and all his team there who 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 did very well in those barrier trials they, they've got plenty of ammo and I think that the hilarious thing was that well not hilarious but um, there, there does be plenty of sales activity after those barrier trials and um, Gavin had a whole heap show up well um, but this one was very much the pick on the clock um, and the second and third but Joseph had the second and third both shaped really well and are both quite smart the third actually showed up quite well on debut here Warney but um, basically the message coming from Gavin's after the barrier trials was lads everything around there is for sale Except Snellen. Snellen's not for sale, <laughs> but the rest you can have. <laughs> very good. And, very um, good. Yeah, so so fair, so fair play to um to to all of the team there. Yeah, but uh, we are we getting towards the end of our racing wrap up. But a uh, quick mention to River Tiber Kev, who is unchanged, having won the Coventry. Obviously, a sadner, a bit of a no show. That race didn't quite show up to be the one that we wanted on the day. But he again, sort of same rules apply, just. Very professional and very good. He's unchanged at eights for the 2000 guineas. 
Yeah, t- typical, I'd say a typical kind of Aiden Royal Ascot performance with a two-year-old in that he he wouldn't have blown everyone away, but look, he got the job done. I remember back to, to Little Big Bear, he wouldn't have blown anyone away winning the Windsor Castle and he ended up being one of the, the highest rated two-year-olds in, in Yonks. And I suspect this fellow will be a fair bit better than he showed here. For all that, he, you know, he clearly ran to a high level. Um, Aiden doesn't be pushing heavy buttons to get them ready for, for Ascot. Um, as opposed to somebody opposition for whom this would this would be their their big day, um. So I expect them to drive on, um. Whether they go Phoenix, which would be the natural progression, or they're keener to get up to seven sooner rather than later, time will tell. But um, yeah, Dream is is very much alive now with a view to the classics next year. Um, really like the way he did it. Yeah, relish that step up and trip as we predicted he would. Uh, finally to wrap up, TC. Um. We haven't mentioned King of Steel, who's now 20s for the arc. He would need to be supplemented, having uh, won at Royal Ascot in fine form and backing up the derby form. But a second winner on the week for the Ammo Racing Team, following on from Valiant Force, who is the biggest uh, Betfair starting price in Royal Ascot history. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, 150 to 1. Um, I think the bet first P, well, I do know the bet first P was 488.03, which obviously huge. And on the you know you, when you get big price or big price runs you expect bet ferris p to actually smash you know any other any other kind of like betting medium including whirlpool to smith to smithereens and they just did that cardam was i think 140 against 80 and any number we, i mentioned moss to death you know 10 to 1 injuries respiratory 17 bsp you know it was obviously a very very good week there the thing about valiant forces it, it was all it, it was the it was a really kind of like and it's horribilous for the for the time bandits, the, the two-year-old uh, two-year-old speed uh, ratings boys. I mean, they got stretched out on Saturday night, didn't they? Uh, they must have had a terrible time with the likes of um, a Sadna, uh, elite status and things like that. A lot of two-year-olds just didn't back up their early performances. But no, if you were betting outsiders and you're betting at Bet for SP, you were three times better off on occasions. All right. Three times better off. Jesus Christ. Uh, On we roll then to news and views. Obviously, there'll be people sat at home thinking, why didn't they mention X and why didn't they mention Y? But as I said already, it's very hard in a short space of time to cover everything. And so we've basically been selfish and focused on what we want to talk about. Uh, Let's move on to news and views, guys. We've already discussed the Tory and the band situation at Royal Ascot. News to follow on that. Fair bit happening over in Ireland this week, Kevin Blake. Um, is this? Am I right in saying that the Irish authorities seem to have a way of dropping quite big news stories in a relatively busy week elsewhere? As in, we've got a fair bit to discuss here. They've got new interference rules. We've got a Dennis Hogan suspension. We've got the I- Irish media rights have been completed. Uh, one of the team over there, Jennifer Pugh, got an MBE. That was a pretty big deal. Though. That was nothing to do with the uh, Irish authorities. But the point is, is there's some big stories here that many people won't have heard about, courtesy of all things Royal Ascot. Yeah, it's a busy old parish, Vanessa. It's a busy old parish. Uh, Rachel Blackmore actually got an MBE as well. That that slipped under the radar too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so so which one do you want to talk uh, about? Let's start, <laughs> let's start with that. Me there. <laughs> uh, sorry, no, it was more of a general uh, news coming out <laughs> but, uh, when other things going on elsewhere. But let's kick off with the new interference rules um, coming into effect in Ireland in July. What are the new whip and interference rules over there and how do they compare to what we have going on in the UK currently, which clearly uh, is not has not been that well received and not everyone is happy with is still a bit of a moving part at the moment. Yeah, um, this is great news. Uh, the, the rules really haven't changed much at all. Okay. Um, har- hardly at all, actually. It's the penalty structures that, that are changing um, to, to basically increase penalties um, with, with interference um, in particular. Um, and look, it's great news. It's over overdue news. Everyone knows my views on it. Um, I did giggle re- reading some of the some of the 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 output from the the IHRB on it, and the the the, the story goes that uh, um, a delegation went to the Asian race from the IHRB went to the Asian Racing Conference last year, and it was there when they were listening to the various speeches and what have you that they realised how out of out of um, kilter Irish um, dependency structure for dependency structures for interference in Ireland war with the international. Um, international racing, despite the fact that a whole heap of people have been roaring and shouting about how much of an outlier um, Britain and Ireland are with regard to penalty structures in interference for many, many, many years now. Um, so that 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 got a giggle. But um, look, they, they've they've kind of finally got there. Um, it'll still come down to the stewards on the day to to apply the penalties properly. Um, it, it, there would be a, there would be a view. Um, in the weighing room and from a, a mutual observer's point of view that they've already started coming down a little bit harder in interference. Um, Colin Keane got seven days um, for what they called improper riding, which is a, a previously seldom used rule in Ireland um, there a week or two ago for an incident that wouldn't have attracted any punishment, I dare say, up until rel- relatively recently. Um, the, the, the new structures strictly aren't supposed to be coming in until after Irish Derby weekend, this coming weekend. Um, but look, it's great news. Um, I'm sure the riders will adjust. Um, there'll probably need to be so, some heavy hammers wielded late early on, maybe, when incidents do arise. But look, it's the right thing. My view has been it's the, it's the right thing to increase penalties for, for a long, long time now. It seems to be happening. Um and the BHA, uh, not to be outdone, I suppose, have also announced that they are in the process of looking at their penalty structures and interference rules too. We've mentioned this a couple of times on the pod in, re- in recent times that um, the, the off-the-record chat has been that once the BHA, once they sorted out the whip, um, you know, on project ongoing, uh, send more money, um, that they would that they would tackle the interference issue, um, which is a frustration for me and Manny, I suspect, because like the, the interference issue, like really should be a priority. It's it's far, far more important than the whip. Let's be honest, it deals with, with rider and, and horse safety. Um, but it looks like we're starting to get there. Hopefully nothing happens in the meantime. Um, and yeah, great. Um, long, long overdue, as mentioned. But it looks like we're, as is often the case in racing, we do get there in the end. Um, it's just a pity that the people um, don't don't act a little bit sharper at times. Brendan, do you expect that we'll see a bit of breaking eggshells to make an omelette in terms of when these new penalties come in? Will the people will are people going to fall into line, or do you think there'll be a bit of a mess to start with? How do you think it'll play out? 
Well, I, 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 I think the Colin Keane one will, will definitely send a message because he never seems to be banned. That was one of the noted things in his battle with Billy Lee. Billy Lee, uh, who's not a whip-happy jockey either, did get considered banned for considerably more time than Colin Keane because basically Colin Keane hadn't had any bans. So now and, uh, he, I think he got a bit of a shock himself. He sort of said, oh, well, it didn't seem like much to me. So, you know, if the champion jockey gets a, a ban like that, that's going to send a, a, a big message. So it might already have happened. And I, I mean, it, that's great because I think you need that. Like, it's all well and good for the, the IJA to, to come out and say, and, and, and quite rightly so, we uh, up with this sort of thing, basically. We love it. It's all about rider safety. But I'd say if you asked individual riders, if they'd say Asherit's grand the way it is, because obviously they have very different risk parameters to 99% of the population based on the job they do. So they need a, they need a, a representative body to say, now look lads, this is what's best for you. I mean, and uh, it, the, the Irish Jockeys Association came out and said that, that they agree with it. And now we have these bands coming in, into play. So it might be tough to, to start off with it. But as Kevin has observed before, I know it's generally the elite jockeys that we send abroad, but they seem to cope perfectly well with the local rules wherever they go. So I'm sure it'll all be fine in the end. Absolutely. Hopefully it will all be fine in the end. Uh, TC, obviously we've touched upon the Detori bands when it comes to Ascot, but whilst we're on the topic of sort of punishments and whip, et cetera, et cetera, it's unfair just to talk about Detori. Who else came under the stewards microscope at Royal Ascot? Who else got a significant ban? Do you have a list there? Yeah, I do. It's just a thing back to Tories. We don't know what's going to happen with Inspire. Yes, he might have argued okay. his pace on Saturday, in which case he might not get it. But he, yeah. got, he got the biggest ban of the week, Saga, nine days. Uh, I'll read them out because I went through all the BHA stewards report. So if I went through it, you're getting them. Um, PJ McDonald got three days for Pole Driver. Uh, Kevin Scott got two day, three days for White Wolf. He was also cautioned a couple of times, notably with King of Steel. Uh, Murphy got two separate bands, uh, three days and two days. Spencer got two days for the Reading Wider Witch Hunter. Hollydor got four days for Bradsall. Um, and obviously the aforementioned Velasquez got four days uh, for the Queen Mary winner on the Wednesday. So, um, yeah, pretty kind of like low-key stuff, but some high-profile names in there. So was yeah. it a case of Johnny Ivy? A little bit of a Latin <laughs> point there for you. I was just saying, let's link back to Ireland, Brendan, and discuss uh, Dennis Hogan in the news. He's had his license suspended for three months uh, following a positive prohibited substance test post-race with one of his horses. It's the fourth time in, I think, five years that this has happened to Dennis. It's all about withdrawal time. It's supposed to be 40 days. He ran the horse before the 40 days was up. Tested positive. There you go. That's science for you. Um, but kind of more importantly, this is really just could be the start of things going relatively badly for Dennis, given that we're still waiting uh, to hear the outcome of the Dundalk inquiry, which has been hanging over for him now for, I'd say it's two years, is it? I think it is two years. Three. Mm. Three, three years. Well, well, so much so that indeed I didn't, I've, I've forgotten all about it when I saw it in the running order. So what, what, what does this mean? Yeah, uh, no, I have a terrible memory, uh, granted. Uh, but it does seem like the, the rumour mill is suggesting that things are coming to a head and that they might have something a la the Charles Burns situation where they tried to bring in betting patterns to make a case that the horse had, had, had been nobbled by people 
close to connections. Uh, but ultimately, they weren't able to make that case in fairness. So it's still it's still very difficult. They can make their case, but whether they can hand out the sanctions that they want or indeed prove their case is an, is another matter. But yeah, uh, talk about developing narratives. Three years, right? Well, uh, so, so so we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's going to be, be a nuisance for him for um, that three months is enough. Um, he's going to have to uh, sort some things out to get the horses. I mean, he just put someone else on the license, I assume, but um, it's still going to be a nuisance for him. So, yeah. Yeah, I think lots of people presume that will happen in the short term. But this bigger story developing, Kev, you have an ear to the ground. Do you have any more? Do you have any more information on when we might hear about the outcome of that whole situation? Um, well, look, it's still to be heard. Um, the, the case is still to be heard, but the, the IHRB have said it was it was in the Irish Times a few days ago that um the, the the IHRB have said basically, look, our investigation is complete and we're just looking to arrange a hearing date to hear the case. And the, the chat is it like it'll be within the next couple of weeks, um, assuming everyone involved is 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 good for the date, etc. So it, it is imminent. Um it's going to be a, a substantial case. Um, you know, it's been over over three years in investigation, and you, you, you know, for all of we like to throw stones, um, you know, these things don't take three years if there's not much to go through. So, um, yeah, I suspect it's going to be quite a big story when it when it does come up. Um, as we've seen, one even when it happens, it can take some time to to hear. You know, obviously, Ronan McNally's case, for example, his appeal was 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 the other day, and we're still waiting for the for the um. Oh no! Wait, we have got that, haven't we? That did arrive last week yeah, in the middle of suspend, Suspended, suspended for the last four years or something. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, but it just but the point is, it takes there can be a lag between the date that it's heard and the case is done, and sometimes they give you the results straight away and give you the te- give you the text later. But more often than not, they seem to wait until the text is prepared um, before they give you the result. And in, in big cases like this, that can obviously take weeks. So uh, we'll see when we hear about it, but. Um, I suppose the point is that regard. Well, there's, um, Dennis has indicated an, an intent to an intent to appeal um, this suspension, the three months, um, which, which is unusual in itself. But as mentioned, as you mentioned, there was his fourth um, disqualification as a result of a, of a medication failure in the last five years. So it's a, a consequence, I suppose, of repeat transgressions. Um, so yeah, look, there's there's going to be a fair bit to play play out in the next um, couple of months, I suspect. As it's a medication violation, I really hope an Irish tabloid went with Bulk Hogan. Ah, the headline. <laughs> so what did that? That's quite clever. That is I my only t- input into the Irish <laughs> part yeah. of it. I know. So some, really- somewhere, uh, somewhere, Dan Barber just shuddered. Um, I'm aware that the two things are completely unrelated so of course are dealt with unrelated in terms of this um, medical issue you know the prohibited substance and obviously the Dundalk situation are two completely different cases but I did think when discussing it with a racing friend they used the term that given what's coming down the line potentially for Dennis and that yard that this situation that we heard about the three month suspension was like doing Al Capone for tax evasion and I thought that was a very uh, good line. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you like that, Brendan, did you? Um, well, that's ultimately why we should all pay our taxes. That's what people say. They got Capone. I mean, they, they, that, that's who are the most. It's not the feds you have to worry about. It's the tax man. 
So that whole situation in regards to Dennis, still uh, plenty to unravel when it comes to the Dundalk case. But in the meantime, three-month penalty for him. And that about wraps up the show, I think, actually, guys. We have to give a special mention to Jennifer Pugh, who is the Senior Medical Officer of the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board, uh, has been recognised in the King's Birthday Honours list, that now has an MBE. That's pretty impressive for Jennifer, general all-around good egg i think it's generally concerned uh when you speak about jennifer to anyone and only everyone chats about um how wonderful she is essentially uh the last topic guys that we have to discuss is still in ireland ireland hot topic this week uh but it's irish media rights um obviously kev me and you would have been hopeful that those five breakaway tracks when that story came out may have broken away from the main um deal but that hasn't happened and as a result now there is a united front all the tracks are under the same banner again and the irish media rights has been completed i presume that the fact that these five tracks had to go back with the tail between their legs is due to small print and rules rather than a change of heart yeah sure look when you're trying to do something uh when you're trying to change a precedent you know that can obviously you can run into difficulties and i suspect that like you say small print um they, they they may have realized there was more to what they were hoping to do here once they got stuck into it and look it was fair fairly high drama stuff now they're up in front of an Oireachtas committee etc and um yeah look it's we're, we're back to where we started i suppose um the the irish tracks remain united um the argument being that they're they're more um they're more powerful together um and on we go for for another five years and uh, we'll see what happens at the end of that period but uh for for now um all together <laughs> all yeah. together and i love the fact that they're sort of come out with this like we're a happy united front Brendan, whereas deep down we know full well that those five tracks wanted to do a runner over to our side. And uh oh well, 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 well. there was there was an element of posture going on, but how well at the HRI handled this? They handled it like the prodigal son. It would have been very tempting, as you say, to say, Oh, well, look who's come crawling back and to try to, try <laughs> to punish them in some way. But there's been none of that because we are united, unlike uh, the jurisdiction that resembles us. Uh, it's certainly in in terms of fixed odds betting across the water. We are uh, united, uno duce, uno voce. Now, like the duce makes mistakes, but we're not living in a utopia, Vanessa. Uh, We're in very good shape in in terms of Irish racing. That that letter was sent, as Kevin mentioned, they sent an absolute snorter of a letter uh, to say how disappointed they were in the, 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 the five tracks. But when the tracks came back into the fold, the calf was fattened. And long, long may we, long may we live high on the hog in Irish racing. Have you uh, been reading a Bible in that uh, hotel room of yours by any chance? Yeah, very oh, sort yeah. of like preach there, 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 there will be. Who is it? Is it the Gideons that always leave a Bible in the hotel? There won't be one probably around here somewhere. Yeah, there's always a Bible in the hotel. I read it religiously. Every hotel I go to. <laughs> Religiously, um, indeed, like as, a, as opposed to irreligiously, yeah. Quite, quite. <laughs> um, guys, does anyone have anything else? I think we've covered. Oh, the one thing, sorry, the one thing that I don't think made it onto our running order, but actually is interesting. So I saw a tweet about it, TC. Just last thing to mention Ascot attendances. Yeah. Numbers have come out for Tuesday and Wednesday. Sorry, I'm pouncing this on you. It's, I know it's not on the running order, but it is interesting. I mean, the difference between the Tuesday and the Wednesday compared to later in the week is a shock, right? 
Yeah, if you're watching on IT on ITV and on TV as I did, the most striking thing was how empty it looked on the Tuesday and Wednesday, and, and obviously. Um, I retweet, Pat Cummings actually sent them through to me this morning. I've retweeted on Twitter if you want to go and have a look at the numbers. Subsequently, just looking now, Will Aikenhead um, has, has come out and said those numbers are actually comparable to last year. In fact, one of the days was actually up on last year. So I, I must have missed how sparse, uh, sparse some of the uh, uh, attendances were last year. But yeah, I, I, one of it was one of, one of the days 37,000 on the Wednesday. Which, yeah, I think it was that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think overall the 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 total weekly crowd was only down something like two point seven percent. Yeah. Um. So like it was it was comparable, and I think Asker have said that on the busier days that they they deliberately capped it. They could have had fifteen thousand extra, um, yeah. if they if they'd wanted them, but they decided to cap it. And I thought now I, I was there um socially on Friday Friday afternoon and Saturday all day Saturday, um you know fairly rare. I got the first time and she's a long time. I was just walking around Royal Ascot, um as a race goer w- with herself, and uh, it was actually really pleasant. Um, like you what you weren't pulling and dragging to get anywhere. You could actually walk around without being buffeted around the place. Um, you know, Ascot is massive, clearly, and it does eat crowds, even a big number, even sixty thousand or whatever. But um, to me, as a as a, a rare being in a rare uh, for a rarity for me to be in a position to give a, a race score experience feedback, like I thought it was excellent. To be honest, it was, it was very very nice. Just All one right. sign Thumbs off. Up. You mentioned attendance figures. We should mention we got some whirlpool figures, and they were very encouraging. I've got some misgivings about the how much coverage the ITV gives it, but um, the numbers are obviously good for racing. Uh, I just hopefully there's some editorial balance in the future regards that because we shouldn't be having five minute interviews with Harry Finley. ITV racing stopped betting interviews with PR representatives when they first came in. Quite why the world pull with Finley of all people, for God's sake, uh, get a, get a pass. I don't know, but as as a, as regards the numbers for the for the financing of the sport, world pull figures very very encouraging and. Long may that continue. I'll tell you what would be good TV is is Tony Calvin interviewing Harry Finley and being told to keep him to 90 seconds. Uh (laughs) Watch out. Once he gets going. If you only give me 90 seconds, he wouldn't get a word in edgeways. No, the 90 of TC. Uh, Kev, we really need to wrap up, but I just you can give a quick mention to the final story we should cover again, based in Ireland. Um, but Gain, Gain had the contaminated feed. I think it was two years ago in the autumn, um, and it meant that certain horses that were fed on Gain had gone over to Longchamp. There was contaminated feed; they couldn't run. It was all a bit of a disaster, including O'Brien runners, and I think off the top of my head, Jesse Harrington runners as well, all fed on Gain at the time. Uh, that will be a story that is long in the wing mirrors of many of our listeners and viewers but it's reared its head again because it has something's been settled i don't really know the story but i'm just throwing yeah it it came to a conclusion there kind of various companies um uh, you know involved in coolmore basically took proceedings against gain for for compensation for for you know the uh, the cost essentially of having to withdraw those runners due to the contaminated feed you know gain had quite quickly established where the problem had come from it had come from uh, their molasses provider um, the molasses had become contaminated. They'd used molasses as an ingredient in their feed. Um, it had subsequently made its way down to the horses. And uh, basically that, that was settled via, via mitigation there a week or two ago. It was in the Irish field this week. 
And um, yeah, I believe it was it was settled to, to the satisfaction of the the aggrieved parties. So that was one of those stories where you still see it occasionally get mentioned. People people um, making kind of very odd um, casting of aspersions, etc., about that whole incident. But like it's, it's very obvious what happened, and now um, the aggrieved parties have been have been well compensated. So um, that's that, as they say. That is that, and that is that for the show. I think, boys. Thank you very much, as always. We've rattled through a good few topics, horses, races, etc. Uh, viewers and listeners out there, thank you to you as well. Racing Staff Week, obviously the sponsor, tying up with Betfair. Get involved. We want to hear your thank you videos. Send them in. You'll have heard my rant at the top of the show. But please do get involved because then myself, TC, Brendan and Kevin will be judging who should win the £500 voucher and it's a very worthy cause. We get to say thank you to those who work in our industry and we should do that more often. But for now, join us again on Thursday for Racing Any Better, but have a good week. That is Wade in. <laughs>